Yeah, we just continue from there. The, we, we have gone to, now you are in college, you are going to continue to what happened in the 1970s in, in the during the time of the 75 revival that broke up where people separated from this what can you remember anything that happened? I do remember very vividly because I was in the middle of it yes. I was uh, you know as I said before we were all members of ACU and um, and with there was this uh, uh, highly respected man of God Papa Elton, who lived in Elysia, I believe, and, uh, and uh, he had a prophetic gift. He would come occasionally to ECU and everything. So we all respected him. Some of the brethren went to visit him. Uh, this is the story I heard. And, and they found some books that he had. Uh, and because, of course, these books were found with Papa Elton, it already gave credibility to the book yeah. for that reason. And these were, these happened to be books of the written for the ministry of William Branham. And so they brought the books to the campus, and these books were being passed around. And I read one of them. I remember I read several of them actually, but the one that I want to talk about was the one called the Seven Church Ages. I remember reading this book. I remember taking this book with me. It's a big book. I mean. It's probably over 200 pages, and I remember taking this to an isolated place on the campus where I study, and I thought to myself, "Well, I'm going to just spend an hour reading, and I'll go to my studies." But I couldn't stop. I kept reading this book all night long, from evening. By the time I checked the time, it was probably about 4 a.m. I was still there reading the book because I saw the truth of the world like I never really saw it before. And that book and it made a big impact of me, and I saw that book basically talk about the history of the church, of Christ from its conception on the day of Pentecost up until the time that we live in, right? And that there were different ages, and that the devil walked all, of, all, all, all that time to bring him false doctrine, to the churches and that somehow during the reformation that Martin Luther and his friends started in Europe is when God began to deliver the church from all these errors. Justification by faith came there and then sanctification and then baptism of the Holy Spirit and that there are still remnants of those errors that still occur in the churches that we need to deliver ourselves from. That is the summary of what I got from that, that message, and that made a big impact on me. And then, I, but it also awoken a desire in me to be one of those who would just live for the Word of God and for the Word of God alone, as opposed to the traditions of men. Um, so that is, and there were, and then there are several of us who got the same. What's the word I would look? Let me use the word revelation, yeah. right? The same understanding. Because we then, then we became uncomfortable with the um, ACU and all this. Uh, because we still saw remnants of this Babylon uh, practice, even in those groups, right? And that was the thing that we thought we would not going to be part of this anymore. And so there was a, a, a very un unfortunate, or shall we say, a very sad occurrence which was that we, you know, we broke away from the ECU, which 
was uncomfortable for all of us, you know, because these are our friends and brethren, we love them and everything. Uh, but we think some of their practices, for instance, running a, a Christian group by a president, a secretary, like it's a human organization, was something that we didn't think was right. There should be, it should be run like a church and all that. So basic things like that, but significant. So anyway, we, there was a separation and, um, and, and, um, you know, um, which was a, it sort of, a, and then we started preaching what we believe to be the truth. So and were you, were so. you there during the Franklin Hall? Yes, yes. So I mentioned one ministry that impacted us, yeah. and that is William Branham. But there were two other ministries. One was Franklin Hall, Holy Ghost and Fire. The other one was also Neil Frisbee, you know, talking about the end time message. Yeah. So those are the three ministries that impacted us. Now, uh, the Holy Ghost and Fire ministry of Brother Franklin Hall was greatly accepted in the University of Ibadan. And uh, by, by people like William Adini, uh, Abraham Adeniba and so forth. And, and some of some people in Ife too participated, but it was, uh, and they would go to Tuesday night fellowship and all that. I heard about it, and I, you know, I read the books, and uh, uh, you know, so th and that was mainly about fasting and praying, yeah. you know. And I used to, <laughs> oh, this is wonderful. I used to fast, you know, in, in a you know, that was when fasting became like a uh, what's the word, a business, really. You know, for us, and I remember fasting a lot in one session. My friends, who we were classmates and who we went to ECU together, because it's about the same time we separated, they hadn't seen me. You know, we'll see each other at least once a week, and they hadn't seen me for months. Then they saw me one day, and they were surprised because I looked physically different. I was so thin now, and I remember what they was what they said to me. What happened to you, and all that kind of stuff. So I remember that incident very well. But that was fasting. Yeah. And uh, which is uh, the Holy Ghost and Fire, you know, that 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 was the impact of that ministry to me, the, the importance of fasting and praying, yeah. and the Holy Ghost Fire. Uh, and then there was Neil Frisbee where I was preaching, basically, the end of the age is here, return to the Word of God and all that. And that also, all those three ministries impacted us at that time. And as I said, we separated from ECU, started our own fellowship on the campus there, and um, and I will say the rest is history, you know. <laughs> now let me let me ask about the you remember the the time in that uh, the the day that the first separation. Do you remember that day when there was first separation? We they were trying to call the uh, because Franklin Hall was to come to Nigeria, and he actually came to Nigeria. But the leader, the guy that was leading. Ministry in as you know, one Ghanaian brother was being invited by the SUs by the ECU to come to Ife to come and present this message that yeah, they yeah. were hearing the ECUs. And then they have already sent the invitation to him, they were already in Lagos. But now they said, Come to Ife, come and present this thing to us, this Holy Ghost fire. And somehow, did what we say, the presidents, all those uh, executives of the ECU, they were praying that they were having doubt whether they should even invite this guy. So they said they prayed about it and said, Should we really even be inviting this guy? But the, uh, the other brethren that were formerly mostly the charismatic among us, that were mostly the ministers that are always preaching, they were the ones that went and invited this man. Let's hear from them. So, but the executives said, Well, we don't, we're not sure. So they decided and said, 
let's pray about it. While they were praying, they said something told them that don't invite this brother. So then they came to the fellowship. I was in the fellowship when they announced that we have called, we have sent a message to Lagos to tell the brother to come. So we there will be this brother will not come anymore. He was to come this next Sunday. Right, right. So they say we have, and then that was when the brother rose up among Andrew again. Really, he was mad because he was found. Then I went and said we are going to go. To, he's going to come, and that was his opinion. When there are two leaders in Opposing, the fellowship, yeah, exactly. know there's a conflict. Yes, yes. So he just stood up after the leader president said it that we have prayed and we heard that uh, somehow inside them they, didn't, they said the Holy Ghost told them that it shouldn't come. So they have same message that you look up. So Andrew just rose up and said, No, we are going to go and say he's coming. We are not going to come over here, but we're going to stay in a separate class. Anybody that wants to join us, join us in room so and so over there. That was when we knew that something is going on. Me, I was in the congregation, but I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Well, I was not part of I, I didn't, I didn't expect, I, I probably already left at that maybe, time. Yeah, maybe I already, already left the fellowship already at that time. Because once I, once I understood the messages as I, yeah, but that was the beginning. That was the day we that separated. That was the visible, you know, see. Uh, but, I mean, I had already, me and some of that, you yeah, know. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe because some people are not in that fellowship now, you see. So yeah, exactly. just the same day or yeah, yeah. But, see, what happened later was that we went to that meeting. Many people came to the place. They have their fellowship. It was like a Tuesday, and we met, and this guy came from Lagos with the white folks that are... Uh, Franklin, all minister, they are just coming ahead of us. Yeah. Yeah. So they came and then they challenged us to fasting, and the place was about 30 people among the believers. Easy, yeah. Okay. And then from that room, just one night, I think one day, from that room, Andrew Gene and all the other people that called them and said, We are no more going to SCU. We are going to be meeting at Agri for the college sports center. The sports center. And yes. we actually marched to the sports center that they singing. Yeah. So that was the yeah. beginning. That was the separation. Okay. So other people are saying. So I don't you? remember that experience. You yeah. were clearly I was, in I was it, there, you know. Yeah. So I, I don't remember that. But I do remember us meeting at the sports center. Yeah, that's where we were. the same so characters, Andrew Gene. I mean, these are my lifelong friends, Andrew Gene, Mayo Kumosho, you know, Alfred Akinyemi, and many others. You know, I mean, many. I won't say many. A handful of others, right? You know, and we. And we and then uh, uh, and then we you know we had our own fellowship and and we started to pursue an understanding of oh, these truths exactly. on a deeper level, right? So that was a big thing that happened in Ife, and uh, and the word of what happened in Ife, like a very surprising, thing, spread outside of the campus, yes, to different Christian groups in Ibadan and Lagos, yeah. you know, and. Um, and uh, you know, we, we, and occasionally we will have call them uh, uh, camp, camp meetings, yeah. and 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 people will come from these other fellowships in Lagos and Ibadan, and this is how this whole thing expanded beyond the campus. Yeah. And uh, you know, and within a year, we've had a fellowship in Ibadan, another fellowship in Lagos, um, at least those two places. And those also became centers where these truths were preached, you know, and, and so forth. So th that's what the big thing that happened in effect. So now yeah. let's fast forward to, you are in first year then, 
74 mid prelim so 75 was when this happened yes so just the first year so how did you i know that finally you tell me what happened the time you moved out of university fair okay so this was uh i finished my prelim year in 75 uh, and i hope i don't get it years mixed up i didn't check all this just from memory so 75 76 i was my first year as a as a health science student yeah. 75 76 was my second year right which uh and then 75 75 when you when you started prelim was 74 74 75 then yeah. was my first year okay 75, right 75 76 was my second year That's which i completed at if that's first year. That's first year, okay. Yeah, first year. Now, after, in terms of the financial point that I raised earlier, yeah. at the end of my prelim year, I focused and prayed to get the scholarship. Yeah. Because one way or another, my parents, I don't even remember, it must have been my parents or perhaps some of the money I saved as a school teacher, yeah. combined those things together, allowed me to survive the first year. The prelim year prelim year from uh, in terms of finances but I prayed and then and then the government created a bursary I think they call it that yeah, bursary, yeah. bursary which also helped me and then at the end of this so, so the scholarship I was looking to get was something called the federal scholarship yeah. which pays for all your tuition then it gives you money to feed yourself it was a wonderful thing so at the end of the prayer and they will give it only to the top 10 students in the prelim year uh, they the actually announces in the onset that anybody that make A's or oh, something like that. Yeah, if you make so, A, physics, chemistry, biology, mass, physics, chemistry, all of those. Okay. Things, if you make AAA, you automatically. Automatically. Okay. But it, you know, it was something was based on performance and yeah. merit. Yeah. And uh, and I remember I had checked my results. I got A in. Uh, Biology, chemistry, uh, biology, chemistry. remaining only one, which was biology, which was my best subject. And then the professor said they would put the will post the result on his door at that night. And so all of our students marched there. We were waiting for the result to be posted. But around 9 p.m. or something like that, he posted the pictures, and I saw my name right on top of the list. So at that time, I knew I got the scholarship because I've qualified in the other places. So. And then it praised the Lord for that. So I got the scholarship, which allowed me to remain in the university yeah. until. So, so that's how uh, that's how my my financing was taken was taken care of by the Lord. And this was again 1975, 74, yeah. 75, or 75, 76. 76 yeah. And uh, all of the events of the separation and all the things that we were talking about yeah. here, it was happened sometimes in 19, it was probably 1975, 76, there about. It was 75. Okay, it was 75, okay. So at this time, I was already... You're not in part one. I'm not in part one. Yeah, first year, yeah. You know, which it is first year, part one, they call it, which is my second year living in the university, but it's part one. Because my first year was really... And and I was now in health sciences department, and and I... and I, but my mind was focused so much on the word and on the message that I, I was constantly just meditating on the word and praying on the word. And, and in 1977, 
the Lord gave me a dream, so spoke to me uh, in a dream, which told me in effect that your time in the university is over. And um, and I, I I decided to obey, to follow that injunction. And so in 1977, that would be the first uh, your second year. That would be my part two. Yeah. So when did you leave? 1977. What, by what month you you already started school? It was around March. Yes. Oh yeah, I was in school. I was in the campus. It was around March, uh, if I recall correctly. It was towards. It was getting to the towards the end of the year, the okay. school year. Yeah, that was 1977. Yes, exactly. So I said, I said, and I I decided to leave the campus, and this of course was a big issue and a big decision for my family, right? You know, and uh, and when my family heard about this, and my father passed away around the same time, I believe it was 1975 or so, that my father passed away. So the family was already in a state of um, sort of uh, it destabilizes because the patriarch passed away out of sickness and everything. And, uh, and then he this he had this guy come there comes this guy who is also one of their children who's going to become a doctor he says he's no longer going to the university so I remember uh, so I, I I left the campus walk you know look for a job in Ife moved look for moved to Ibadan to get a job uh, while seeking the lost you know and then became you know I decided to pastor the church in Ibadan. And uh, I remember one day, without announcement, my whole family showed up in my house in Ibadan. In Ibadan. How they knew where I lived, I don't really. Of course, you know, this is your family; they can find you. And anyway, I saw my uh, my mom, my aunt, who is now the leader of the family. That's my father's senior sister. And all the big, I mean, these are people you normally don't see. I mean, they're not going to leave. Your brother didn't show up. Your big brother that was now in college, finished college. But no, no, he's too young to, yeah, this to, is, to, these are the elders of the family now. Mm. These are the, this is, these are the like, uncles. Yeah. You know, but he's this, already left college by that time. He's already he, graduated. He, yes, he, he worked in, he, he works in Lagos okay. now, in the bank or somewhere in Lagos. Okay. But the, the elders of the family, essentially representing my father and my mother, yeah. came and said, you have to go with us back home to Ikole. And I looked at them, I realized this, this, is, a, this is big, serious business now. So they, I entered the car and, and we drove all the way to Ikiti uh, and they decided to stop overnight. But you are a teacher in school? I'm a, I'm a secondary school teacher now. So they just came over a weekend or when you are still? It, I don't know if it's a weekend or if it's a, during the week. It might have been a weekend. Let's say it's a Friday, for instance. They, because they, they planned this. It was yeah. a big plan. And they, I just saw them in my house that I lived in. And so they compelled me to go with them to back to our home. And uh, we stopped in the Karekiti, which is where my mom was working as a yeah. nurse. And I thought to myself, I was just thinking, what are these people going to do to me when we get to Ikole? What are they, they want to persuade me that I should not leave school, right? Yeah. Uh, or, and they might be, they, maybe they believe that there was a witch doctor that was harming me, 
messing up my brain. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to send him to another witch doctor who's going to help him. You know, that may be what they were thinking. Uh, it's all I'm convincing. So I decided that I'm not going to go with them. And I remember at night I woke up where we were sleeping to continue the journey the next morning. And I, and I just opened the window and escaped, really, at night. And it was Ikere, this is where I started with his coming evangelical group. Yeah. I started as a minister. So I knew the house of one of the brethren in the church. Yeah. Even at night, I could get there. So I figured out a way to get to this guy's house, knocked on his window. As soon as he had my voice, he opened, he recognized me. Ah, Brother David, Brother Philani, or whatever he called me. So I said, this is what's happening. I need money for transportation to go back to wherever I was going. And he he, he got enough money to give me so I can go with public transition to go back. That's how I escaped that ordeal. Did it for you early in the morning to say whether you are in the motor park? <laughs> At this time, I don't know what they did because I already left, yeah. you know. Um, years later, I heard that they were, of course, everybody, everybody was, they were convinced yeah. that there was something wrong with me, yeah. uh, spiritually or mentally, that there was some witch dog, something happening. Yeah, that was of, what they believed. Because believe. of what you are in college, and now you have a scholarship, yeah, which exactly. is one of the best scholarships. Yes. I got that scholarship, by the way, that's called and the news National that I, Award. Exactly. Yeah. International was a, a big deal. Big Everything money. was big. Yeah. Uh, but I was in sh I was convinced in my heart that this is what the Lord wants me to do, and I was only going to do what I believe the Lord wants me to do. I wasn't, uh, and and um, and then you know continue with the Lord that way. As a, uh, basically, my I, I started basically I became uh, you know a living Ibadan. Uh, and uh, as I said, you know, minister there as a pastor. So they come back to, to try to do it again. No, no, not to do it again because they realize now that I remember my oldest brother, which is from another mother, my my oldest brother, who was the oldest son of the family, yeah. took all my books and Bible. Mm. He was the keeper of it, you know, because they thought these were the things that are messing him up, right? How did he get it? When, when they came to Ibadan to oh, pick me up, oh, one up. of the things they picked up was my books, books and everything. So I, I said, yeah, I want my books and my Bible back. So one day, while he was at my, this my brother is Dr. Phil, and he was a a, a, a researcher at Koko Research Institute in Ibadan. Okay. So I, I went to the place, I said, look, I want my book back. Uh, and, you know, he they were convinced at this time that they, this boy is determined to do what he wants to do. So they didn't try that again. Because they, they knew normally, ordinarily, I wouldn't behave that way. In disobedience to my mother and to my aunt and all that. Yeah. So they were convinced, let's just leave him alone and pray for him. Yeah. It's probably what they decided to do. So they didn't try that again. You know. So now let's fast forward to, I know that by that time you have not married when they did that, is that right? Yes, uh, around that time, just after that, around that time is when I got married. Okay. Right. So you are already planning to get married when they yes. came and tried to get yes. you out of battle. Yes. So now tell me, tell me about how you chose your wife. How you well, I was it? praying, you know, at this time about, you know, uh, uh, how to get a wife. Yeah. I was just asking the Lord and everything. 
And uh, what do you need? You what do you think you need a wife at that age? I thought that as a minister, okay, I uh, it's good to have a wife because you are going to be dealing with male and female, and um, and um, and also you want, you're going to be an example to the congregation. Yeah. So I thought to myself, it, I, I, I be, and I read the scriptures and I saw that it's a good model for a minister to be an example to his congregation and so forth. So I, so I thought that, so I started to pray, well, Lord, who is the, and I was very young still. Yeah. I was, at this time, probably like 21, maybe yeah, 22 years old, yeah. right? So, um, 22, 23. So I started to pray about it, and I, you know, and... Uh, Did you see a vision? Did you just meet the sister in the church, or...? We had so at that time we had a we had a crusade, a camp meeting, I think we call it, and and people came from different places. At this time we have people who came from Lagos, Ibadan, and Benin area, you know, uh, and uh, the woman, my wife now, was one of those who came. And uh, and I just finished praying about it and I saw her and there was a witness in my spirit that this is the woman for you. And within that same period, and, and she had the same experience when I talked to her. Actually, I think she even did have a dream that the, that the Lord told her that that, you know. So uh, so then I, I kept praying about it and, and uh, the Lord spoke to me. Okay, so I mixed the sequence up, right? The first experience was I saw her, there was a witness in my spirit. Then I went to pray about it, and then I got a dream at night, where I saw her that she was my life partner, was the word that was used in that dream, or prayer partner, life partner, but the word partner was there. So I knew this was the woman, and then, uh, so now I was thinking, well, how should I talk to her, how should I pray, because I was in my head, Considering several sisters, right? Yeah. Just as a normal reason, yeah. right? You know, but when I got this word, I knew, so I discarded the other sisters and I, I focused my attention on it. I talked to two or three other brothers about it, and, uh, and one of them told me, hey, this same sister came to tell me that the Lord showed, showed her that you are the husband. So that was the confirmation I needed. And I and I and I went to talk to her, and that's how eventually we got married. But it was I would I would say by revelation yeah. is the word that I will use, you know, in terms of choosing wife. So by that period, by 1977, because now you are talking about you are in in, in Badon, working in Badon, working in Badon. 1977. Yes. When did you get married? 77. We time? got married in 1977. What month? Uh, on my birthday, which is March 20th. 1977. Yeah, because I'm trying to remember. I remember when we traveled to North, me and I came. That yeah. was the end of the NYC, which will have to be June, mm -hmm. June, July, also, of 77. So you are just three, two months married then? Yes. So you are able to leave your wife and, yes. and go yes. to yes. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. So it was 1977. We got married with, you know, and, uh, and, um, we started our life together as very young people. 
I always describe it this way. I always describe it like I grew up with my wife. It's my best description of it because we grew up together. We were I was 22, she was almost 21. She was 20, really. So we grew up together in the way of the law, serving the law, search everything together, which was a, it is a major reason why we are so united. Because we didn't really have separate lives for a long time. You know, we, 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 we figure our life together, right? You know, and, and I think, I find that to be a wonderful experience. Uh, she, this is an amazing thing. I discovered later on that God was, I mean, it's foolish to say it this way, but I will say it that way anyway, that God was right yeah. in telling me who my wife is because this woman loves the Lord just like myself, which is a very unusual thing. Because in reality, if you describe me, I would describe myself as what they call a fanatic. That is almost extreme. And in other words, I, I, I believe the word of God without any hesitation, without any human reasoning. I believe if God said it, it must be true. And I don't, and I see many people who wonder about it a little bit, wonder a little bit about it, and I don't know if everybody's like that, but and she, she believes the Lord just like I do, which I find amazing, you know, and everything. So it's, just, it's a wonderful thing. So the Lord, when the Lord chooses and guides, He's always right. Amen. See? That's the point. So in, in, in the situation, if I will get to that, because that's a good point, we get to that when we come to now that you are, you are in a, in your senior senior year, but now you, you we've come so far as you are now married. What? How was your ministry in Badon, Blossom, and uh, what were you doing? Okay, so so left all right. So in Ibadan, I was primarily the leader of a fellowship, which was a pastoral ministry. I was functioning as a pastor of the fellowship church in Ibadan. We had a church in Ibadan. And for I did, I did that for several years, and uh, and what the Lord was leading me to do was to establish the truth in the heart of the people. He wanted to establish a church that is born of the truth, based on the truth, rooted and grounded in the truth. The truth that I'm referring to is the New Testament truth. The uh, the church as it was born in the book of Acts is what I came to see as the ideal. What God had in mind was for the church to remain just like. As I mentioned before in a, in a previous session, what happened was during the seven churches was the devil attacked those truths and introduced false beliefs into the churches, which made the church almost become a human institution. The church is meant to be directed by the Holy Spirit where the power of God is manifesting and the people of God are filled with the Spirit. And it's the Spirit that directs the church, as we see in the book of Acts. This is what I and my fellow ministers were establishing in Ibadan. And it took us years to do that and the Lord blessed the fellowship and it was... Uh, it was based in Ibadan, but in truth, all of our other brethren who were in Lagos, in Benin, who every once in a while, as many chances as they can come, they will come and fellowship with us because they also want to partake of that truth. 
And I remember when I used to travel, you know, to where other fellowships were in Benin in particular, and sometimes in Lagos, to minister the same truth to them, just to encourage the brethren and so forth. Uh, but in Ibadan, the fellowship grew, the church was established, um, and we had some of the things that happened. We have other fellowships or churches in Ibadan. They heard about us, there were people among them who wanted to be to participate in this new thing the Lord was doing. They left their churches and joined us, you know. Um, uh, you know, I want to mention some names, but maybe I shouldn't do that. So they all joined us, and they were all learning this truth, and it was wonderful. We saw mighty things that the Lord did, miracles and all that, you know. And uh, we also saw some bad things. But were you, were you, were you guys doing any evangelism in about during that time? Just anybody? We, did, we only did personal evangelism. So uh, now that you brought that word up, after this. What I'm describing to you now was from about 1978 to about 1981-82. So this is several years, right, that this ministry continued. So after around 1981-82, I started to pray. I said, Lord, what else should we do? You know, we have stayed on this mountain long enough. Now we've established a church. The people know the truth and they're walking in it. What should we do now? And I was, became convinced that we should go full out on evangelism. We were doing personal evangelism, that is, individual, individual to individual. But we never focused on the, where I started from, that I used to do in his coming evangelical group, where we would go to neighborhoods and preach the gospel. We never did that. So I started to think that this is probably the time to take this word out beyond our little, our fellowship, go out to, and I remember, you know, uh, using the church funds to buy equipment, you know, microphone and all these type of things, but at the same time, I started to sense that the Lord was telling me, it's time for you to leave this place, your work is done. Yes, now right? we're going to stop there, because the next part will be how you get that decision to come out of the place and uh, okay. move to America. Let me just stop pause now, we continue in the next section.